morning. We are grateful for your presence this morning, for the chance to be together and enjoy a time of worship. As we usually try to remind you, we hope that you can plan to be back with us uh, for our afternoon service. If you don't plan to stay for lunch, and that's certainly uh, all right, but we hope that you can just make a day out of it. It's been one of the great things. I forgot to look, but I think it's been just about right at a year ago uh, that we started this sort of uh, service, sort of plan for the day. Uh, we had just finished the book Church Reset, which we'll talk about, make mention of in just a few moments, but the idea, of course, of encouraging ourselves by being together as a family, uh, as a body, and uh, it's been very encouraging for us, and so we hope that you can spend uh, most of the day with us or certainly be back for our afternoon service. We're thankful for the time that we can spend together not only in the fun and the fellowship and the seeing one another and the visiting, but also uh, in the study of God's Word. Our projectors are back up and running. We're thankful for that. Uh, Travis and his crew are still kind of trying to dial things in, so I don't have uh, PowerPoint yet to go along with the lessons, but as they have gotten started and gotten a little further along, uh, we appreciate so much their effort and look forward to having uh, everything working again as normal soon. Thankful to have our songs uh, back up and running, and we hope to kind of finish out that process here in the next uh, few weeks. But again, we just want to say thank you to them for, for all of their work. Uh, if any of you have ever worked on anything that uh, you think might go smoothly and then it takes 10 attempts to just to get it to back started again, uh, that's kind of the process they've been through. It's been very frustrating at times, but we appreciate their effort and look forward to enjoying uh, the projectors, not only for the songs, but certainly notes to go along with the lesson soon. I've told you before, but uh, that's been one of my favorite songs that we just sang for, for a long time now. I don't know how often you take time in the car maybe, or as you're going through your day to stop and be thankful to God. Uh, but when I do that, that's usually the song that's come to my mind. I had about a 40 to 45 minute drive uh, one way, uh, just over the mountain to Amnicola and then Amnicola home, another 40 minutes uh, each day for many years going to work at the uh, steel plant that I worked at. And quite often as I would have a moment of sort of uh, thinking, uh, thinking about life, hopefully something good that was happening, that's the song that usually comes to my mind, to my lips, the Lord has been mindful of me. He blesses and blesses again. Hopefully you've been focused on thankfulness recently. Maybe you've even had a chance to make a list out. I don't know if your family is one of those that does that. With Hannah's family, we used to do that a few years ago uh, until the family kept getting bigger and bigger and it took too long to get through all of it and everybody gets hungry, but we had to make out a thankful list and everybody had to go around and share part of their thankful list. And we used to have a little fun with it. One year I wrote mine on toilet paper and unfurled it as I read the thankful list. And one year we put it to song and had fun, but, but we would each go around and we would write out a thankful list. Maybe you've had some of that in your life. Maybe you've been thankful for some things that aren't so common. Uh, maybe you're like the child who one time said that he was thankful for the mall and getting to go to the mall because that's where the escalators were and he got to ride the escalators when they went to the mall. Maybe you're like us. I was kind of thinking about some of these things and you know in 2020 we were all thankful for even just having toilet paper in our house, right? The little things like that sometimes are things that go on our thankful list. A few things that I found that people were thankful for, someone says that they were thankful to have a family who takes eating as seriously as they did. Uh, and that happened for a lot of us over the last couple of days. Someone said they weren't sure if they were thankful for their family or if they were just thankful for the family that brought the food that they got to enjoy. And of course, with technology, someone said, I'm thankful for our phones, not necessarily for the ability to communicate, but for the opportunity to go hide in the bathroom and play on your phone when your family's there and you're wanting to avoid being around some of the family. Nobody has to admit to that one. But maybe you have a list of things that you are thankful for. 
I was thinking over the last few days as I was kind of trying to come up with a lesson. Usually preachers will preach on thankfulness or thanksgiving on the Sunday before, right, leading into the holiday. But as I was thinking about thankfulness and I was thinking about list over the last few days, I thought about Paul. Paul gives us a thankful list as we read his writings in Scripture. I almost had the title of the lesson as, as a blank, blank in the apostrophe S, thankful list. I hope as we go through the lesson this morning that you can put your name in there. But the original or the originator of this list that we're going to talk about today is the Apostle Paul. He did the same thing for us. And I think we can learn from his thankful list. We're going to notice five things together this morning and the lesson will be yours. Number one, the thing that we are most thankful for, food. Paul was thankful for food. Did you know that? If you have your Bibles, if you would be turning to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. I didn't make it up. Paul actually says it here. I think this is the one place that he says it. it's not something that is recurring, but we do see him give thanks for food. In Acts chapter 27, specifically here, Paul is on his way to Rome by ship. If you've ever studied Acts 27 and Acts 28, Paul is on quite the journey. He's trying to get to Rome as he has wanted to do for some time, and it's been a difficult trip. In fact, if you have a chance to read it on your own, if you really go verse by verse and stop and read what's there, there's mention of sometimes days or weeks going by. There's sometimes mention of different cities, which wouldn't have just been a hop, skip, and a jump, as we say, to get there. It would have been a lot of travel. Paul's been going by ship to Rome, and they've been tossed around in rough storms, and because of this, they're discouraged. Their journey has been difficult because of the sea travel they were going through. Paul told them, beginning in Acts chapter 27 and verse 23, that an angel of the Lord had given him a message to let him know that he would make it to Rome, and so would all of the people who were sailing with him. Now, we're not, you know, we don't get that same message from God. We pray for safety on our journeys. We had about four and a half hours or so ourselves across the state and then coming back on Friday. And, and you worry about that kind of trial. But Paul is told by an angel of the Lord, no worries. You're going to make it to Rome and so will everyone else who is with you. For two weeks, they had not eaten. And they were weak. Again, if you look down through there in verse 33, you see 14 is the number. The 14th day, for two weeks, they had not taken in food. They're starving. They're hungry. They're weak. And so Paul, at this point, begins to encourage them to eat. And in verse 33, as the day is about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day you have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Verse 34, therefore, I urge you to take nourishment. And for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. He reminds them of what he had been told. Verse 35, and when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. I know it's just a small blip in the book of Acts. And I know that we don't have other occasions of this. But I love that the Holy Spirit, by the words of Luke, records this for us. Paul was thankful for his food. 
Now, I think we can sort of broaden this out, and if you're making notes, you might jot out to the side in the bulletin or whatever, maybe just physical blessings in general as well, right? When Paul gave thanks, I'm sure that he gave thanks for the food because they were hungry. They were hungry and they were longing for food, but I also have a feeling he was thankful for other things when he said that prayer. He did not just thank God for the food, but he thanked God for safe travel and for other things. Paul stops and gives thanks. In this moment, Paul was thankful for his food and the food that others were able to enjoy. Now, this is probably something that certainly we all have done in the last few days. And for many of us, hopefully it's just a good habit, right? Uh, Some people talk about when they go out in this particular area of our country, you will still see people sometimes in the restaurant who will stop and bow their heads and give thanks for their food. But is it not true that sometimes some people don't do that because maybe they don't believe in God? But is it also not true that sometimes people don't do that because they simply get in too big of a rush? We sometimes forget about the little things, thanking God for the little things, and sometimes our food falls into that category. Why? Well, it's because it's so abundant. It's because most of us don't go about missing a meal, not because we because we don't have any food, maybe because we're too busy or, or for some particular reason, but it's not because we're struggling to find something to eat. It's so natural to us because we have such an abundance of it that we might pass by without stopping to give thanks. Paul's thankful list includes his physical blessings. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 16, he says, For even, when, even in Thessalonica, when he was in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. He doesn't use the word thankful here in this passage, but he's talking about how thankful he is because those in Philippi had given to him when he was in Thessalonica so that he had the things he needed. His physical needs were taken care of. Did that include food? Probably, absolutely. Did that include clothes? Maybe as well. We're not sure, but he says, I had needs and you, brethren, you met them. He gives thanks for his physical blessings. I hope that you give thanks for your food, for other physical blessings that you have. Paul stopped to do that. I think he probably did it more than we read about just here, but he did, and we should do that as well. Number two, Paul's thankful list. Those doing right in the world. Those doing right in the world. Now, maybe you didn't turn away from Acts 27, and if you didn't, that's good. If you did, you can go back. But let's look this time in Acts chapter 28, because Paul is continuing this journey to Rome. If you remember in Acts 27, in the last six or seven verses of the chapter, he's actually shipwrecked. He's going through these trials. In chapter 28, they're at Malta, but then in verse number 11 of chapter 28, they finally make it to Rome. He finally does make it, and we're thankful for that. In verse 15, or actually going back to verse number 13, he says, From there we circled round and reached Regium, and after one day the south wind blew. Verse 14, where we found brethren and were invited to stay with them seven days, so we went toward Rome. Verse 15, and from there when the brethren heard about us, They came to meet us as far as Appia Forum and the three inns. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. They've been making the journey, and as they're heading north on their travels, 
Word of their journey reaches some of the brethren in Rome. And so they get together a welcoming party and they head south to meet Paul and his companions. They do not stop. They, or they do not wait, excuse me, they do not wait in Rome for him. They get this group and they say, let's head south and meet them on their journey. And once again, Paul models a life of thankfulness. As he meets these folks, he thanked God. Probably, I would say, for his safe travel thus far, but probably also for these people, for these folks who had come to greet him and help him. In fact, in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 8, he says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Who's he talking to here? I know in, in my Bible it's the same opening, by the way. Yours may or may not be. But in Romans chapter 1 and verse 8, he's writing to the Christians at Rome. At the end of Acts chapter 28, that's where he is. He's in Rome. So he acknowledges that their faith was strong. When he writes to them, he says in Romans 1.8 that their faith was known further than just their current location. He uses the phrase that it's spoken of throughout the whole world. Imagine what Paul had been through. Going back to Acts chapter 28 and verse 15, as they come south to meet him, imagine what he had been through. He had been on trial, right? He had stood before the government, so to speak, and stood on trial for who he was and what he had said and what he had done. Before that, he had been beaten. He had been imprisoned. After the, the trials, he had been shipwrecked. He's been on this long, drawn-out journey. And after all of that, he is thankful. He's thankful. He's thankful to see and meet others who are trying to do what is right in this world. To be helpful and to help others. I know sometimes it, how it feels when we look around us. And I know what it feels like to feel like in, there's this overpowering darkness. There's a lot of evil and sin and darkness around us. And whether we flip on the television or we go out into the world, it sometimes feels like we're being overpowered by the evil ways of the devil, by the people who want to enjoy their sin, by the sinful ways of the world and the darkness that just seems to engulf us. But there are still those who are trying to do right, those who are striving to be a light to the world. Paul hadn't necessarily felt all of that, He'd just been on some struggles, right? He had just been through some trials, the shipwreck, without food, all of these things. He had just seen a lot of things going on around him. But even with all of that, he is thankful. We need to pause, as Paul did, and be thankful for those who are trying to do what is right. The good things that we see around us. Paul stopped and did that. Even amongst everything else going on in his mind, he was thankful for those around him trying to do right. We should do that as well. Number three, Paul was thankful for the church. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul is thankful for the church. 2 Thessalonians, in verse, beginning in verse number 1, chapter 1, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, we are bound to thank God always. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, 
and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Go on to verse 4. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. The thought continues on, but we'll pause there for right now. Paul says, we thank God always for you, brethren. Now, this is certainly not the only time that we see Paul give thanks for the church. We just read a moment ago, Romans chapter 1 and verse number 8. But can I suggest to you that I think Paul sometimes speaks in two different ways. The first way that he's talking about, of course, is that he is thankful for the church in a general sense. He's thankful to God for God giving us the church for its existence. In fact, Paul writes in other places about how thankful he is for salvation. What does salvation do? When we are saved and we are in Christ, the Lord adds us to his church. So I'm thankful that the church was in the mind of God and that it came into existence. And I think that is a thankfulness that Paul shares. But he's also thankful in a very specific sense. Always, also in a very specific sense. He's thankful for the people who love him and pray for him and encourage him. And the question for us is, have you stopped to give thanks for your brethren? I mentioned this in just a few moments ago in the young adult and college age class as we were studying. We were studying the book of James. And in James, Paul uses, or James uses this word several times, my brethren, my beloved brethren. Paul uses it here in verse number three. And can you try to put yourself in their shoes and imagine what it's like for Paul to call you a brother or a sister in Christ? Have you ever known anyone famous? Have you ever been around someone famous maybe and somewhat famous and, and you're with them or you go by them and somebody else says, that, that person says hi to you. You know, and everyone else is like, oh, you, you know them? You know, that, that person who seems to be above everyone else knows you? Can you imagine in a bit of a different sense, but receiving this letter from Paul and he calls you by name or he calls you a brother or a sister and he's thankful for you. Paul was thankful for these people. I've said it before as we've studied some of the epistles, but it's almost kind of like this dangerous line, right? If Paul mentions some names, sometimes he gets on to some folks, right? Kind of scary when you hear Paul mention your name. But other times he says, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you and what you have done. In fact, in Romans chapter 16 and verse number 4, he goes so far as to say that there are even some people who had risked their lives for him. Romans 16 and verse 4, he says, There are some who have for my life laid down their own necks. Right? We talk about putting our neck on the chopping block. Some people went so far as to do that. What makes someone do that for another person? A common love. A common bond. A common joy, a common peace, all those things that we sing in that song. It's a tie that binds that goes beyond anything else that we can even think or imagine. Some of you maybe don't have the family ties here on this earth. Maybe you get together with some of them. Maybe you don't even get together with your family. But you have a family here. I said it as we began. We studied the book Church Reset recently. And in that book, we asked the question, is the church your family? Or is it a family? 
For some people, they have their work family, they have their ball family, maybe they have friends as family. I'm not saying you can't have friends or people that you know in those other areas, but for some people, the church is just one of their many families. Folks, we need to be a family, striving to work together, and it helps us to be thankful for that. I've heard the stories about this congregation. I've seen it in action over the last few years in this congregation, how we're there for one another and we help one another. Are you thankful for the church, this church, your family? When Paul is writing these things, it goes beyond just a general, I'm thankful, or I'm thankful for that, or I'm thankful for the church in a general sense. He's thankful for specific people who are in his life and are doing things for him, and he would do what he could for them if he was able to. That's what we're able to do here. Paul's thankful list includes the church. Is the church on your thankful list? Do we stop and give thanks for the brethren here who do so many things for us and we, as we strive to do for each other? I hope so. We see that in the life of Paul. Number four, in trials. In trials. Paul's thankful list included trials. Many of the times that Paul uses the word thanks, and I started to do the word count and the word study, but I thought we'd leave that aside this morning. But many of the times as you open your New Testament that Paul uses the word thanks or at least mentions the idea of being thankful, it is amongst the trials of his life. He may not say it in the moment, but he, he is going through the trials. You may say, well, well, wasn't his life just awful in many ways? Wasn't he constantly going through trials like all the time? So don't we just know this? Well, yes and no. But I want to give you a list. You can jot down the verses if you want to. You can turn to Ephesians to begin and go through them. Or if you don't want to do any of that, just keep count. Would you keep count for me for a moment? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16. Ephesians 1, 16. I cease not to give thanks for you. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Ephesians 5, 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. We give thanks to God praying always for you. Colossians 1, 12. Giving thanks unto the Father. Colossians 3, 17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 4, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. By my count, it took two hands. That should be at least seven. Seven different instances in which Paul says, I give thanks. Thanks, And do you know what the common denominator is here? All seven, every single one of those mentions of giving thanks were written by Paul as he's in prison. We call them the prison epistles, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. We believe by what we can ascertain from the Bible, by what we can know and look at, that all of those were written while Paul was in prison in Rome. Yes, trials are hard. Yes, our trials are different than Paul's and even other folks around us. But folks, can we not give thanks 
if Paul could give thanks continually and be thankful while he is in prison, what is wrong with us sometimes when we just ignore the fact of how much we've been blessed by God? Sure, there is job loss and financial struggles. There's health scares, cancer, disease. There's sadness and loss of all kinds. There's all kinds of issues that we face, but we can still give thanks. We must give thanks. As we think about Paul giving thanks in trials, let me ask you two ways. Number one, have you thanked God for your trials? We don't often do it in the moment, right? Going through a health scare, nobody says, hey God, I'm thankful that you have given me this health scare. We don't often give thanks to God for the trials, but have you at least thanked God in the trials? In the moment, thankfulness to God for what he has blessed you with. Maybe you don't have enough money. Maybe you're struggling to make ends meet. Maybe, maybe you're worried about your health, but you can still be thankful to God in trials. Paul was. I think if he was making a thankful list, it would include the trials that he faced. Fifth and finally this morning, if you think that I've missed something, the last answer is in everything. All right? Let's just sum it all up here together in everything. If you still have your Bible, maybe open to 2 Thessalonians. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you think we've forgotten something, we realize that Paul says that we just need to give thanks in everything. In 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning in about verse 16, and really it goes further than this, but Paul gives several admonitions for Christians to live a fulfilled life. If you are a Christian and you're wanting to live a fulfilled life in Christ, you're wanting to be joyous and happy and be thankful to God, here's some things to do. Number one, rejoice always. Are you known as a happy and joyful person? Or maybe as we say sometimes, have you been eating on some lemons and your face kind of shows it because you're just kind of negative and sour about all the things of this world? Paul says if you want to live a fulfilled life, verse 16, first of all, rejoice always. Number two, pray without ceasing. Pray consistently. Daniel did it. Jesus did it. I have to imagine Paul was doing it. We should be doing it as well. Giving thanks to God consistently. Praying without ceasing. That's not every single breath and every single moment, but it's throughout all the good times and the bad in everything, which is the third thing that's mentioned in verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Be mindful of how many things that you have to be thankful about. No matter how hard life seems, he even goes on to say there in verse number 18 that this is God's will. We've talked about this recently. What's God's desire for us? What's his will for us? Well, in a sense, it's that we would be saved, but it also includes that we would be thankful. Thankful people for what we've been given. You've heard me say it before, but I don't know how some people make it without the church. Not just salvation and the ultimate hope of heaven, but without brethren, as we said a few moments ago. People who will pray for you and help you. People to turn to. I've coached my kids in youth sports. We've had a ball family, so to speak. But for most of those people, I talk to them almost daily during the season. But for many of them, then I don't hardly speak to them ever again. Why? I said it a few moments ago. 
There's not a common bond. There's not a common love. There's not a common joy. The love of Christ, the hope of heaven, brings us together. And it helps us to know that in everything, we should be thankful. There is a chance, <coughs> excuse me, there is a chance that your Thanksgiving, maybe the last few days, your Thanksgiving holiday, and maybe even your year, may not have looked like you wanted it to look. Give thanks. You hopefully stopped, looked around, and counted your blessings this last week. Give thanks. Thanksgiving, the holiday, has come and it's gone. Still, give thanks. The Apostle Paul gives us a great example of what a thankful list should look like. May we strive to follow in his good attitude, a spirit of thankfulness. May we strive to have a thankful list year-round, not just in November. As we conclude the lesson this morning and we extend heaven's invitation, you've probably heard it prayed before and prayed often that we are most thankful for the sacrifice of Christ, for the hope of heaven, <clears throat> for the salvation that we can enjoy as we are added to the church by the Lord. We sing a song that's been selected. We extend heaven's invitation because we are extremely thankful for that opportunity. If you're here this morning and you've never participated in the gospel with Jesus Christ, by dying to self and to sin, being buried or immersed in water, and rising again to walk in newness of life, you can do that. If that's confusing or you're unsure and you'd like to study more, we would do it with you as soon as possible so that you can make that most important decision, that you can truly be thankful to God for the salvation that exists only because he sent his only begotten son. We would love to help you with that this morning or again study with you as soon as possible. Maybe you're here and you've done that. You're a child of God, a Christian. But going back to Thanksgiving and our thankful list, sometimes maybe you've forgotten about it. We sometimes forget the little things. We sometimes ignore those things that we should be thankful for. And maybe over the last few days, weeks, months, who knows how long, you've not been thankful to God for the salvation that you enjoy. And maybe you've even wandered away from him in sin and been living a life that is unfaithful. We're thankful to sing this song as well, that through its words we might encourage you to come back to him. Maybe it's of such a nature that you'd like to come to the front where one of our elders will greet you, pray with you and for you. We can encourage you in that way. But we're thankful to God for an opportunity. We're thankful to him to be saved, to have that opportunity, or to come back to him. And we'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing.